So today we begin with Donglen. Uh, uh, we've reached that part now. Uh, I think I've delayed enough, right? <laughs> but before I begin to describe the meditation called Tonglen, uh, some preliminary notes. To, okay. The first thing is has to do with something to do with uh, how you consider what you consider to be real and what you consider to be not so real. And whenever you're doing a meditation, and then it seems it involves your imagination, and because of the uh, the way we consider our imaginations, automatically we think, oh, it's not real. We're just uh, pretending. And when you're doing meditation and it involves some sort of imaging, also somewhere in the back of our minds we think, well, I'm not really doing this, I'm just imagining it. So the note of pre- the precaution is uh, don't give more reality to something just because it's more physical because it impresses uh, your other five senses more than to something that impresses only your mental sense. They all have the same reality. You must keep that in mind. And the way we understand reality is noble. It's dunjunuba. Able to perform a function able to do something, able to, uh, to bring about some sort of uh, effect. Okay. We give more reality to uh, I don't know, something that has shape and color and, and weight than to something that we, if, if we were to think about that thing and only it's only it residing only in our mind. So, when you're doing a meditation, don't think that I'm just imagining. Don't enter the meditation that way. Yes, you're imagining, but no need for you to say, I'm only imagining. At the moment when you're doing the meditation, totally accept what's happening as if it's really happening. give the same level of reality to it that is able to perform a function, able to effect as the same way as you were to uh, give to a chair. Don't think that the chair has more reality than your imagination. And the same way the chair would should uh, draw from you reactions. Like, you would put it in a p- specific position in order for you to sit on it. You wouldn't just see the chair over there and then sit over here. You, you, you make yourself react with the chair in a way where you say, I am reacting with the chair. And you would give the chair some real characteristics. It's brown or it's black. It's uh, uh, soft, 
it's rough, and you uh, attribute those things as real attributes, and you think that those attributes are coming from the chair. So, not to, with the same level of apprehension of the chair, and the same level of, of, uh, of uh, accepting those attributes to be coming from the chair, you must also give those things that you're thinking about, what you, what you call your, your meditative object, the same attributes. You must apprehend them in the same way. Okay. Like if you're thinking that uh, there's, uh, your meditation involves, I don't know, let's say rain, for example. And in the same way that you will take precaution with rain, with your physical body, you must also, in your mind, take that, take that same kind of reaction in your mind. Okay. So if the ab- object that you're thinking about should draw fear from you, if it was real, if, what you were, if, you, if it was what you might call real, then just thinking about it also, you should react to it with fear being drawn from you. I'm not saying that now you should think of something to make you get scared, alright? But just an, just an idea, just uh, an example. Now the reason for this is because Tonglen is, you're just imagining. So you, you can say that you're working with your imagination. And what you're imagining should be very scary stuff if you don't have the reaction of fear while you're doing Tonglen, I mean, not all of it, but some parts of it, that means you don't think of it as being real. And because you don't, because some part of you think that it's not real, then it's not going to have the same, it's not going to have the effect that it should have, that is drawing from you great compassion. I mean, that's the ultimate result and at the same time drawing from you great love. So if, if, you do, if you're doing Tonglen for, uh, for a year or so, and then there isn't sort of softness developing into, in you. Sort of, I call it a softness uh, because that's, I don't know, that's what they call it, that's what, you, that's what it might feel like. Like you feel a part of your mind becoming soft and you react towards people in a soft way. Like when someone does something to, which would have made you angry before, you don't react with anger anymore. Maybe you're fighting with anger instead of reacting with anger. Or maybe later on, when you think about women, you should be angry. Or it just never occurs in, you, in, in, your, in your thoughts. That means, in, while, you, while you were doing the meditation, at the moment of doing the meditation, there was an apprehension of the element in the meditation as actually happening. Now, when you consider uh, suffering, when you really consider it, and you really have an appreciation of it, and as soon as you see it, you see your mind trying to run away from it. And when you really see what's causing it, and you see yourself naturally 
trying to stay as far away from it, from, from it as possible. And if you find yourself having some sort of strength, some sort of ability, you find yourself thinking of ways of destroying that cause. And when you see, and when you uh, see the suffering in this way, as truly being something to be avoidable, then you're ready to, be, to do Tonglen. And when you're doing the part of the meditation where you're actually taking the suffering of others, if you're not scared, you're not really doing Tonglen. You're just thinking, oh, I'm just imagining it. It's not really happening. And uh, I'm just doing this so I can get there. So let me have you have do this and I can get that. The very mind that you're trying to destroy is now doing the meditation for you. And believe it or not, it's not gonna try it's not gonna do anything to destroy itself. Uh, so Tonglen has two things with it. <coughs> Taking and giving. Well, Tonglen means giving and taking. But the meditation itself is taking and then giving. What you're taking is suffering. And when you're taking the, when you're imagining, or when you're going through the meditation that you seem to be imagining taking on suffering, you must believe that you are actually taking suffering. You must expect yourself to be suffering in the same way that of the, of, of the object that you see suffering. And if there is fear involved while you're doing this, and there's ap- if there is apprehension even of taking the suffering, then your meditation is, you're doing a more uh, len than if you, were, you didn't have these attitudes, these reactions. When you take on someone's suffering, there must be a part of your mind that believes that some, sooner or later you're going to be suffering just the same. Because you took, it, you took it upon yourself. And when you're giving away happiness, you must have some part of your mind actually believe that you're going to be, uh, how do you say, be destituted of that thing that was, of the happiness that you had. It's not that you're taking happiness from the Buddhas and you're becoming a nice benefactor a nice, uh, what's called that, steward of the Buddha's happiness and you're giving the people happiness. It is your own happiness that you have to give. And you have to think of an of a, of a actual happiness. You have to think of an actual object that gives you happiness. And you have to think of the very emotion of happiness that you have. Not just an imagined happiness, but your very own happiness, your very own good deed. And you transform that into happiness for others. And when you're doing that, if there is, there must be a part of your mind that actually believes, oh my God, I've lost it. There must be a part of your mind that actually believes that you no longer, you, you are no longer in possession of that. Now you sort of can, can sort of appreciate the reason why Tonglen was a secret method, was a secret practice. Because the natural reaction for these two types of behaviors is totally opposite. You don't want to give away your happiness. You want to accumulate happiness. You want to take upon yourself suffering. You want to get rid of it. 
Now here you are in a, in a spiritual tradition where what brought you there is to finally get rid of suffering, was to finally get more happiness, and you're asked to do the opposite. The natural reaction for it, if you truly understand this, is I don't want to do this. If your reaction is I don't want to do this, then you really understand, then you will, then you are the true candidate for this kind of practice. I'm not saying that if you feel that you don't want to do this, then you are the only kind of candidate. But there must be a part of you that actually believes that I am taking someone else's suffering. I am giving up the happiness that I work hard to get. And that's why all these preliminaries, before we get to this point, that's why you have to exchange yourself with others, seeing them as not being other, but being you, or equal to you. That's why you, 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 you do that sort of almost logic kind of thing of seeing that, oh, they were once a very precious, uh, uh, we had a once a very precious relationship where they took care of me. So in, in a way, you're feeding your ego to let you be able to destroy it later on. Okay? And you reach now a point where the ego that is the grasping to the self, uh, making yourself important, sees doing this particular action is actually as a means of... that is natural, that is not against its... I don't know what... Uh, its prime, its prime directive. Okay? It's actually fulfilling its prime directive. Okay. So that's the attitude for doing Tonglen. You see someone suffering, don't just say, oh, that this is an opportunity for me to practice Tonglen, and then just go, I mean, imagine and imagining, okay. Black, black moves come in, black moves come out, okay, white light goes out, okay, I'm finished. You should be scared. Okay, let me take that person's suffering. You really take it. And imagining doing it is the way of taking it. Imagining giving away my happiness is the way of giving away my happiness. And it's actually happening. Alright, now, how do you do Tonglen? The rest of it, that's, that's the very uh, easy part. Okay. Getting the attitude, that's the most difficult part. Okay. What's the benefit of doing Tonglen? And again, Tonglen is not something found in the medical treatises. It's not some sort of medicine for you to take or for you to give to someone so you can, okay, there's suffering over there, let me do Tonglen so I can get rid of it. Remember, what meditation are we trying to do? What is the ultimate goal of this meditation? To receive bodhicitta. When you from the very beginning, step 0 
while you're going through the definition of bodhicitta, and you came across a definition, the definition in such a way that you say, oh, I really want the state of mind. And then your aspiration for bodhicitta is such, so strong, that you're willing to do anything to get it. And now, you're being told, to get that state of mind, you have to give away your happiness. You have to take on suffering. Along with the, along with the uh, natural apprehensiveness that you experience, the motivation to push you to get to bodhicitta was, okay, that's, okay, that's how I have to get to bodhicitta, okay, that's what I have to do. Remember, and, and if you're losing your, uh, your aim, the reason why you're doing this meditation, go back to the definition. Go back to the definition in such a way that you define it in such a personal way, in such a, what you call it, something that is very relevant to your present life, that you naturally say, I want this mind. Then, until you get that natural reaction, stay with the, stay with the, uh, with the just def- definition. And don't think, of, don't think of yourself, oh, I'm slow, I'm not even finished with the definition yet. And don't pretend to be a yogi by saying, well, I know step zero, I know tw- step 12, I know the end of it, so let me just go through to the steps. Remember, the aim of this is not simply to just be able to regurgitate someone else, oh, there are 12 steps, step one is this, step two is this. I mean, the aim of it is to transform your mind into that thing, into that phenomena we call bodhicitta. And whenever you find your meditation slacking, then go back, your aspiration wasn't strong enough. Your aspiration must be strong enough to carry you through the meditation for years, for a lifetime if necessary. The tongue, or the, let's begin with len, the len part of, of the meditation, its purpose is to develop an incredible sense of compassion. A compassion that embraces every being that you encounter, every being that you can even imagine. Whether you're imagining them, whether you're imagining them whether you encounter them, you want to have a natural reaction of great compassion. And it evolved this imagery. whoever you're calling the other being okay. with all these preliminaries well established you focus on the being you focus on the being suffering now here's something to help you for those uh, whose imagination seems to sometimes run its own course let it, let it run its own course but ask it to focus to give to be imaginative around what you're uh, meditating on. Okay? It can imagine the suffering to... Okay, imagine the person. And don't think that I'm imagining the person. 
see yourself in the sense yourself in the person's presence or the other way the person is in your presence and in the same way that you can think about uh, if I ask you to think of your mother or someone that you, you, you see every day I say think of that person you don't worry about whether the color is appearing correctly you don't worry about whether the, the, the skin is appearing correctly or whatever is appearing correctly but there is a part of you that just accepts it as yeah I'm thinking about this person in that same way you're holding that person is the same way in the meditation you're going to be holding the other person who's suffering okay. don't worry about whether the colors are appearing perfectly to your mind that's not, that's not, that's not the goal of the meditation that could be a t- totally different meditation in itself okay. just in that same way of apprehending of, of holding someone in your mind in that same way you're holding on to someone if the colors and shape appear very nice but that's not the aim so you think of that person as being as if you are in that person's presence you're in each other's presence and you think about this person's su- suffering either a suffering that you are aware of that they're not aware of but you actually believe to be a suffering or a suffering that you know that they are aware of and then as you're focusing on the suffering and there should be a sense of identification with the suffering where you actually are wishing for the suffering to go away and then as you continue to suffer to uh, look at the suffering, contemplate the suffering and then a part of your mind wishes that you could see it for the suffering itself to take on form to take on color and shape and now you can allow it to appear to you or you can give it a color and shape you can see it as smoke, black smoke you can see it as black light you can see it as a uh, uh, black sooty liquid you can see it as uh, ins- I don't know uh, a, a, a method that they recommend sometimes it seems even, uh, they recommend it a lot it seems to be uh, there's a reason for recommending it it may be more effective but at the same time it's sort of a it's not quite clear uh, it's a imagine it as a heap of hair clippings now when you think of hair clippings automatically you start to itch or something <laughs> and then it might be annoying to think about it to think about hair clippings oh that's itchy no one think about that but what you're asking you to uh, visualize is, is something that appears to your mind the same way hair clippings appear to your mind not hair clippings okay and I mean just think of someone who had long hair and then they, they uh, cut the hair not in one swoop but you know uh, like 
layer by layer, layer by layer. And then imagine the imagery that you get when the, the pieces of hair are falling and, and the, when they land on the ground and the heap of hair. And especially when it's falling. Okay. Now to help you not get itches, now instead of thinking of hair falling, think of shadow. And then you're clipping the shadow the same way you would clip hair. Now, the same imagery, the hair falling, now see clips of shadow falling. That's, what, that's the image that asking you to, they're asking you to look at. Okay? You look at that one. And when you think of it more like shadow, does, does the itching stop? Okay? So you can think of that. Now, there's a reason for why they ask you to think of it that way. Maybe some yogis see it that way, when with their clairvoyances or something. Okay. And focusing on the person, and the, the the compassion is starting to swell because you're thinking about their su- how they are suffering, how awful that they are suffering, and and and, what, and you're describing to yourself the kind of suffering, and then whenever you find yourself disassociating with it, because that's what the mind is supposed to do. Suffering, let me run away. And then sort of identify with the suffering. And now you're, you're focusing on such suffering, wishing to see it. Wishing to see it having a form. If you don't see a form naturally coming up, your mind, imagination runs and creates one for you. So give it a form. Okay. And the hair clipping thing, now we know what it is. How to really, just the image. Okay. Now see this person totally, totally covered w- with this. And now when you're, thinking, when you're visualizing it, don't think of the person is covered with living. It is the suffering itself. And now you're seeing it. It's ta- it has taken form. And then you attribute all the feelings that is, that, that is uh, associated with that suffering to the hair clipping. Or to the ooze, or to the shadow, or to the whatever you're, you're imagining it to be. You're, you're seeing it to be. And now, you want to build yourself up now. To the point where you want to say, you're so concerned about this person not suffering anymore and you see that this suffering has to go somewhere. Like if you take it away from the person, you have to put it somewhere. You can't just leave it, you know, like on the table. So someone else may come in and, the, and then they, they get the suffering or something. Okay? So imagining that you have to remove the suffering. And, and your concern becomes at that point, I have to remove the suffering. Something has to be done. And at first, just imagine the air clippings now, now coming towards you. And the reason that they're coming towards you is because now you're saying, I am willing now to experience the suffering for them. Since the suffering has to be experienced, if there's a cause, there must be a result. And if the result is uh, 
has ripened, then it, the, the, the course of the result must be, must be uh, what do you say? Must be, what's that word? Must be experienced. So now you're willing to experience that result for them. Because all you're concerned at that point is not whether or not you're going to feel the pain at this moment, but that they must be free of it, become, become free of it. And with this intention to experience the suffering for their, for their sake, and don't think that I'm going to imagine there's light or there's something coming from them and it's going to go coming to me, and that would be a meditation. You must absolutely believe that you're going to experience that suffering and they're going to become free of it. And then you slowly gather this suffering in front of you as if you're taking it. You're drawing it in front of you. And you see the person becoming slowly free of the suffering. Slowly they're becoming free of the suffering. They're no longer experiencing it at different levels. Now this heap of suffering is right in front of you. And you must consider this to be not just black smoke gathered in front of you or hair clippings gathered together in front of you. This is the cancer. This is all the pains associated with the cancer. And now that you're going to take this, you're going to have the cancer. You're going to have every pain associated with the cancer. Your body is going to be in pain. You're going to have to take medicine. Everything is going to happen. And with this belief, you take the suffering into you. And completely convinced that you have taken their suffering, you sort of... Uh, give up to the fact that you're going to suffer. I've taken the suffering and I'm going to suffer. And there's something else that you're supposed to imagine. Now when this suffering as this ball of uh, whatever you imagine it to be gets to your heart it's like uh, you must see that now the cause of your suffering, the cause of your suffering residing in there, the selfish mind residing in there. And then that's who you're going to give it to. That's what you're going to give the suffering to. And you give the suffering to your selfish mind. It's not, now you shouldn't associate the selfish mind as another other. Okay? It's not that, oh, here is the other thing that has been giving me, making me suffer. You must consider it as, this is me, my selfish mind. And this is the thing that draws things to it. Now I'm going to give it something. And when you give it this heap of suffering, it will now ex be experiencing the suffering itself. You will be experiencing the suffering. And 
as a later on when this meditation became more and more refined prior to that you were just supposed to stay at that because the yogis was, were well you, 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 before you, you were even given this instruction before you were even made aware that this instruction existed you had great uh, meditative abilities already So there was no need to for further for further refinement. So later on, you were asked to see this uh, uh, darkness, which is your uh, selfish mind. As soon as it comes into contact with with the, with the suffering that you have given it, it's like you're giving it a blow it loses its power on you. For a moment, it's like you become dislodged, disconnected with it. And then, at that moment, you have the acceptance, okay, now I'm going to suffer. Which is somewhat, somewhat against the prime directive. Okay. That's, all these things must be involved when you're doing uh, the, the land club, taking, the, taking suffering. And the end part is when you're looking at the person, you see that the person is now free of the suffering. And that sight itself gives you joy. This joy is associated with the mind of great compassion. You are developing great compassion. Now, take your time with this meditation. Don't just run through it. In the beginning, you're supposed to do a review of the steps so that, so that you can know uh, fluently what the steps are, all the steps are involved. But when you're getting ready to actually develop the state of mind that, the, that, the, that this imagery is supposed to make you do, then take your time. Each step has an emotion, has a realization to the level that you're able to bring this realization, then you move on to the next step. Don't rush. Okay. And don't think that as soon as you sit down, as soon as you have the, the, the imagery, you're supposed to have the emotion. It's not that way. The same way you, 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 you say it takes time for me to learn a skill, you must apply this attitude to meditation. There's no difference. They all share the same level of reality. Okay, don't worry, there's not going to be the tongue now. <laughs> There'll be another no, half hour or something. <laughs> okay, so we can stick with this. So now if you want to just review the meditation or go through it, we can do it now. So, uh, one last note, sorry, as you're making yourself comfortable. It's not so much the imagery that gives you the result. The imagery is supposed to draw from you a certain type of reaction. 
it is the reactions that, is, that, is, that are being drawn from you that will give the result that you, you, you're looking for. Okay? Alright, so... Make yourself comfortable. Quickly review your posture. Get to the breath. Observe five cycles. Focus on the teacher who's above your head. And think of the teacher as being the great compassion that you're seeking in the Tonglen meditation. And aspiring greatly to be inseparable with that, teacher dissolves into a point of light, ascends and merges with your mind, and have some sense of what this great compassion will be. And then begin your meditation. And start from step aspiration all the way to the men. Bring your attention to your breath. Any moments that you are able to hold on to compassion is a cause for great immeasurable merit. So dedicate the merit of this meditation to the achievement of your ultimate goal. Keeping your attention on the breath, slowly become aware of your body. One really last note. (laughs) If you're doing this meditation properly, and you get to the point where you've taken on the suffering of others, it will be, you will be having on someone an, an easy state of mind. That's not compassion that we're talking about. You're supposed to be, at that point, focus on the being whose suffering that you've taken. Focus on the fact that they're no longer suffering. And the kind of joy that you experience with that, that's what you're supposed to be holding on. That's what you're supposed to be strengthening. And that joy has with it Suffering has been removed, not just just a joy for the sake of joy, but a joy due to specifically suffering has been removed. And another point in the meditation you're supposed to be focusing on is when you're feeling a sense of anxiousness that you see the suffering and it becomes unbearable for you. That state of unbearability where you really want the suffering to go. 
focus on that. Don't focus on the, that's, that's the slight refinement that the masters were working on. Don't focus on the fact that, oh my God, I'm going to suffer. Oh my God, I'm going to suffer. Why did I do that for? You don't want to get into that kind of state of mind because that's like undermining everything you've done. Okay. Because it might come if you have the sense that you've really taken on the suffering. Okay. So don't focus on that too much. <laughs> okay? All right? See you next uh, Wednesday. Good night.